You are listening to the Local Hearted Podcast, episode number 10, with Amanda Hines Stevenson of Firestarter Shrines. Welcome to the Local Hearted Podcast. I'm Meredith Adler, and I am your host. Join me as we get to know the people who create the wide variety of art in Asheville and in the mountain counties of Western North Carolina. We'll also talk with some of the people who create opportunities for our local artists and help them shine. Hi, this is Meredith, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Local Hearted Podcast. I have a couple of event announcements before I introduce this week's guest. Please remember that we are in the year 2016, as are these events. I was recently asked why I always announce the year when I'm announcing events, and There may be a tip in here for artists, actually, so I will answer the question publicly. I remember one time, maybe six years ago, I was looking at an artist's website, and I really loved the work, and coincidentally, the artist was having a show, announced that a show was coming up, and I marked the date, and I got myself to that show. And when I arrived, there was no show. So... I went back and looked at the website closer and thought, this website is not up to date. This was a show from a different year. So you just never know who might be checking out your website and going to an out-of-date event. I never want that to happen to anybody from listening to the podcast. So that is why I always mention the year in case somebody finds this show later and doesn't realize that they are listening to something that was recorded in the past. Coming up is the River Arts District Studio Stroll in Asheville, November 12th and 13th from 10 to 5 on both days. Anne Heck who was the guest on the Local Hearted Podcast episode number four with regard to her healing dolls, will be the featured artist for the 15th annual Survivor's Art Show put on by Our Voice, the Rape Crisis Center of Buncombe County, North Carolina. It will be held on Thursday, November 10th from 5 to 9 at the YMI Cultural Center at 39 South Market Street in Asheville. Anne's dolls will be present, and she will give a short talk sometime between 7 and 8 o'clock during that evening. My guest today is Amanda Hines-Stevenson, who creates shrines in matchboxes, hence the name of her business, Firestarter Shrines. Amanda is a friend of mine, and when I was preparing to start a podcast, I invited her to be interviewed. 
Amanda was quite reluctant. She told me that she is shy by nature and didn't think she would be able to speak about her art the way she wanted to. She eventually agreed to do it as a favor to me to give me some practice interviewing, with the understanding that we would consider airing the interview someday if we both felt good about it. And Amanda has given me permission to tell you about this part of our process. Well, with that understanding, I went to Amanda's house and we sat in her studio and had this conversation that you're about to listen to. And I remember being totally blown away, especially in light of what Amanda had said that she didn't know if she would do a good job of talking about her art with me. She shared so much from the heart and it was just wonderful to listen to and to hear what she is doing with her art. There's so many highlights in this interview, it's really hard for me to single any out. I was so struck by how Amanda feels her art is going out into the world, doing its own work. People are bringing her stories back of the impact her shrines have had on them. How she feels like she's being guided uh, from outside of herself to create her shrines. And if you listen, you'll hear her talk about who is guiding her. And you'll also hear Amanda talk about how she encourages other people to make shrines. She feels like it is a very personal act to make a shrine. And you'll hear some of the stories about how she has inspired others to do so. Well, I've been waiting a very long time for this day. This interview was conducted quite a while ago. So I am absolutely thrilled to present to you Amanda Heinz Stevenson. So, Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. I really appreciate your doing this. Yes, I'm excited. I've never done anything like this before. Thank you. So, I can describe your art my own way, but I would love for you to be the one to explain. You have various things that you do. What are the things that you Well, do? the thing I'm focusing on right now is making shrines um, and... That all started in a drawer and pulling together things that could have been um, in a scrapbook but became three-dimensional. And that was my grandmother's shrine. And so it had pictures of all of the women in my family that came before me and a mirror and um, because that reflected how I was a part of it. And then it went into matchboxes and then I found anything that I could put a hole in I could build something inside and so <laughs> since then I've collected cups and boxes and eggs and um, and inside them I build things from little figurines to seeds um, create a scene or I just put things in them that to me relate to each other on many different levels. Um, some of it is spiritual and some of it is seasonal and some of it is just, um, I don't know, whatever seems to fit together and suits me. The objects themselves. The objects themselves. Kind of, they all kind of have their voice and they, you know, request being part of something. So you're a collaborator with your materials collaborator with materials and definitely with the um, 
the people that have come before me, I feel very connected to um, the grandmothers and artists from my family that have been making things and are in the spirit world now. They definitely um, inspire me and guide me. And um, so, yeah, it's. It, I always say I'm just the hands. I feel like... Mm. This all, what I'm doing, comes from somewhere else, and I'm just guided to put it all together. That's quite an honor. It is, and it's a surprise. I mean, it makes it so that I don't really know what's going to happen next, and um, which, is, which is a great way to feel in your studio, I think, when you're making stuff, to be, to be surprised. I don't always want to be surprised, you know, in day-to-day life. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely like to be surprised when I'm making and creating things. Mm-hmm. And if you are the collaborator, your hand, you have a hand in it too yourself. I do, but yeah, I do. I mean, I'm the one that's collected all of these things and have them all around. And I've definitely, you know, placed them in different places and gotten different impressions of them. But I'm, but it surprises me how it all comes together for uh-huh. sure. Uh-huh. I would really like you to talk about some of these things that you're talking about, but first let's, let's do the big picture. Can mm-hmm. you describe where we are right now and what this is like? So about, um, 10 years ago, my husband built a room in the attic for me in our house. And so I have windows that look out over the front yard and the street and I have a low ceiling that you can only stand up in the room right in the center and um, the walls are decoupaged with all of the memorabilia I had been saving for probably 15 years postcards and magazine pictures and uh, ticket stubs I don't know, lots of things that had inspired me but would have ended up in a scrapbook or a box. And that's what's on the walls. And up here is my sewing machine and all of the adhesives and figurines that either I have saved since childhood or someone has found at the beach or on the side of the street and given to me. I have so many strange collected buttons and seashells and doll heads and bottle caps that (laughs) I've collected a lot, but I also have these like great folks who like to bring me boxes of strange things that are (laughs) rusty and broken. (laughs) Um, you know, we like try to figure out what they used to be or what you would have used them for. Um, and feathers and gemstones and tiny things. I have a lot of small things because I like to make those shrines in matchboxes. And so those have to be pretty little. So I have a collection of, you know, like seed beads, tiny little beads and, and seeds. And, um, I don't know, all sorts of very small things that it's a certain kind of person, I think, that really likes those little things. But I know when people see the matchboxes, that that person that's into small little worlds gets really excited. Mm-hmm. So 
Absolutely. It's definitely a, a niche, I think. But so I have little things. I have some bigger things too, because I make shrines and cigar boxes and bigger drawers and um, things that are larger. But I like the little things for sure. And I can't help but feel sitting here that we're sitting in a shrine. It, it <laughs> feels that way between the shape and all the objects and the reverence you obviously hold for them. And we're sitting on the floor is also something to note <laughs> because you really, I mean, there's, there's very, very uh, little space to sit up high. So we're sitting on the floor in the center of my favorite things <laughs> and, <laughs> and things that have, you know, a lot of things that have come from nature, feathers and, and stones that, and they have a lot of symbolism. I, I feel like I've always been a poet since I was little, and I feel like building a shrine and even like the way my studio is decorated, it's it's a poem and mm -hmm. the things all, I mean, I have skeleton keys that open the doors in our house. Our house is over a hundred years old. And these were the keys that came with our house when we bought it. Uh -huh. And And not only is that cool because of all the people that have touched those keys before, I love old things, but it's cool because of the symbolism of the key. I mean, I remember one time I had written a poem about what was next, and I was maybe at a like kind of a block or something, and I was trying to figure out what what I was going to be doing next, and and I went out to the garage where we still had stuff from the person that had lived here before us, um, of which there's only been one person that lived here before us. He raised he raised his family here mm. and died here. So, and I found in the garage, this like bucket of some rusty stuff. And in it was a keychain, not skeleton keys, but old keys, mm -hmm. just like dozens of them. Ooh, what a find. <laughs> I know. And right after I had been like, okay, is something going to happen? What's next? And here I am with you know, a great symbol of, yes, something's next. There's a lot coming because here are 24 keys <laughs> ready to open all those doors. Uh, so I love symbolism and I feel like that's, that's part of sitting here. And when I look around, I, everything in here to me means something more than just its physical shape. And it's a great place to be inspired to make stuff. Mm -hmm. And also, I'll just add, the room is lit partially from the windows and partially from regular lights, but also uh, Amanda has uh, small Christmas lights hanging. Yep. I think that Christmas lights are definitely meant for all year <laughs> in in all different rooms of my house but definitely up up here it makes it feel special like mm -hmm. there's something going on that's a celebration mm -hmm. when you're here yeah i mean and it's like how candlelight too i think that subtle lighting and it it's gentle and it is just illuminating what is closest to it mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. there's um something beautiful about that mm -hmm. i'd have lots of candles up here too if i didn't feel like it was a fire hazard 
Well, there is certainly a lot to see in here. And the way you have it stored and displayed, it's also, um, to me, there's a real care to it. It isn't, um, it doesn't feel like clutter in your studio at all. It, it feels like being in a shrine. <laughs> well, and everything is up here is special, too. I, mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, not very many people come up here, and definitely I don't bring things up here that don't inspire me. Mm -hmm. And so everything up here, it may not know its purpose yet, but everything up here does have, like, some meaning and some purpose to it. It Some of it is maybe you would think it's already seen its purpose and it might be ready for, um, you know, somebody else might throw it away. But I think that's a lot of the things here are ready for their next life. And, mm -hmm. and it may be another 10 years before I figure out, you know, what that will be. That happens often that I've had something for so long that I can't believe I'm still holding on to it. And then, you know, lo and behold, it's the perfect thing and almost necessary for whatever I'm making next. So I try to keep anything I suspect that that could happen to. That would work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something Can you talk more about your your process? What happens when you come up here and how does it start? And I know you said you have some guiding assistance. <laughs> Right. I, I mean, I usually come up here with some vague idea of what I'm doing. And, um, and I do really like just let, um, the materials kind of guide me. I have some shrines I make that have a message. And that's usually the matchbox shrines because I sell those as, um, things that people would give as gifts to, really just to show you care. I mean, all of the message messages in them are, there's written messages and they are things like, you are magical, you are enchanting, I feel lucky to know you, um, our friendship is timeless. And that one, I usually have some little hematite star beads and a little moon mm. bead next to each other. Um, I love the idea that that's a timeless friendship. Anyway, I, I make those really to share that love that, um, it gives me a focus when I'm making them. Those are the things that I, I still don't always know how they're going to turn out, but, and they're, each one is unique, but I, I know what I'm working towards with them. Mm -hmm. And I still, I still don't take the credit for them, though. I feel like I might write the message, but sometimes I write messages that I'm like, gosh, that seems like something I haven't thought of before or, you know, where did that come from? And then when I take them to sell, I have someone say, and sometimes it doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it happens. Like I made one in December that said this too shall pass. And I had never made one that said that before. And I thought, oh, this is going to be for that person that, you know, Christmas time can be hard or holidays can be hard for people who are alone or whatever. And this is one that someone is going to get for that person. And I only made one. And a woman actually came. I was selling it at the tailgate market in West Asheville and, you know, along with a bunch of stuff. And 
this woman came that I knew and she wanted to get a couple of shrines for her mother for Christmas and for somebody else. And then she picked up the, this two shall pass one. And I literally had made it like the day before. Hmm. And I said, Oh, I was making that for, for someone, you know, I, I knew there was someone that needed to hear that around the holidays. And I, I said, is that what, you know, is that what you're thinking? Is there someone, you know, and she said, it's for me. <laughs> and so she got that for herself. And I was like, I was making it for you. And, and I mean, I, I did kind of know her, but not well enough that I would have ever you know, known her business as far as whatever she needed, but it felt so good. It was in that I have those like kind of synchronicities happen so often with the matchbox shrines where, um, someone says, this is what I needed to hear, or this is what I, you know, I'm, I've got a friend who needs to hear this. And, um, so those things I make kind of in a, um, in a batch mm -hmm. and I come up with the messages and the little things that will go inside the box. And, um, and that process is fairly linear, but, a lot of things that are a little more up in the air, I start and then I don't finish them like that. I will make something else. I'll go back to making the sh Matchbot Shrines. I will, you know, write a poem. You know, I mean, days, weeks, months. I mean, I have stuff that have been sitting around unfinished for you know, easily a year. Mm -hmm. And I really, I kind of grew up feeling like I didn't finish things and feeling like that was, that was a negative part of my personality. And what I realize now is some things just take longer to finish. Mm -hmm. And the process of having something, even sometimes it gets packed away, you know, just because it has to be, but the process of being able to put something up on a shelf unfinished and walking by it. I mean, some things I'll leave up in my studio and there's not a lot of walking by anything up here, but I'll take it downstairs and put it on a shelf or on the kitchen table. And I will see it every time I walk through that room. And it's a really important part of the process that I never, I never really got before. And, you know, it might get changed or it might, a whole new thing will occur to me. I mean, it's mm -hmm. an unfinished piece is as inspiring as some of, you know, mm -hmm. the most amazing finished pieces. <laughs> right. Some pieces need to be lived with and mm -hmm. there are gifts mm -hmm. in living with them. It sounds like you're saying. Yeah, it's great. And... I, you know, luckily I live in a house where that can happen. You know, there's a, there's a low level of chaos always happening here. And so we're not <laughs> expected to have everything tidy. And, um, it seems like a really important part of the creative process, not to try to finish things up before they're ready to be finished, mm -hmm. really letting it kind of be in the hands of, of the piece and then it makes new things occur to me that may not even apply to, to the, sh that shrine or whatever I'm making. And so it's, 
it's a teacher, I guess. It's a really, I, I mean, I feel like making stuff in general is such probably my favorite teacher. Um, and that is definitely a big part of it is being patient and not trying to, not trying to rush something. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is a great lesson to learn for so many of us. <laughs> that is a great lesson to learn. And it sounds like there's a communication that goes on between you and the piece. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. And it just, and it spills out into, uh, I mean, I definitely am not good at kind of keeping things in one spot. You know, everything spills over. Mm -hmm. And um, so that unfinished piece is going to inspire me to do or think of or say, you know, things that I wouldn't have otherwise. So something you thought was a negative or a fault of yourself when you were younger has become mm -hmm. part of your process and almost a blessing or a, a very positive part of your yeah. process. I, I think that life is so much about redefining things and I think that I had taken, you know, the definition from someone else of what it means to take a break from something and how that's quitting and that's mm -hmm. not good follow through. And it's got all of its, you know, connotations and having the opportunity to redefine that mm -hmm. is, and that among many other qualities, I think is, you know, really understanding yourself and being an individual and, um, things that take time to do, but mm -hmm. more time for some of us than others, I guess. But yeah, definitely I, I see the, the upside now and, and more than just an upside. I mean, I definitely feel like it's, it's important. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel, you know, bad for people who feel like they have to rush through everything and they miss that, um, that ref that part of the reflection. Mm-hmm. That's a great reframe for you, you know, even thinking back on, I have the same thing, by the way, to mm. that feeling that I had growing up, like mm -hmm. I didn't finish things that mm -hmm. art projects I was given to do because it, I, I, I realize now it wasn't my art. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. It was my family's, it was what they did, but it wasn't mm -hmm. my right, art. Right, right. And so, gosh, there's like not being inspired to do something uh -huh. and having to do it <laughs> to uh -huh. me is like, that's, that's the worst. So, but I love that you reframed it for yourself in a way that you, you love about yourself now. Are you something mm -hmm. you can take ownership of and feel good about? I feel like the way my life is right now, I have a lot of freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes we have a lot of particular obligations that make it hard to kind of reflect on those things and that, you know, that we've kind of bought into the idea of or whatever. We don't have time to to change it or to figure out what works for us. And the way my life is, I have a lot of freedom to do that. And I, you know, I didn't really think of myself as an artist growing up either. And so I have the freedom to think of myself that way. Mm -hmm. That is a very valuable thing for an artist to have the time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the freedom and the reflection time. 
yeah, I'm super, super lucky. Yeah. I'm interested in getting back a little bit to what you were saying about the shrines, because mm -hmm. that really was a beautiful story you told about the woman who needed to hear oh. that. And I just wondered if you could say more, because it, it's almost like you're making connections with people before you yes. know them. Yeah, it's it, it's it's bigger than me, definitely. Um, I know I've, I have this one that I made that says it's two um, jigsaw puzzle pieces that fit together, and and the message it says um, I found my missing piece, mm. and I remember a couple find seeing that, and um, you know they I guess I must have had a conversation with them, and they were a new couple and they were really happy together and it was a, a big deal for them. And they didn't buy that shrine, but they understood it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love to sell my shrines because I feel like they get farther and farther out into the world, you know, like they, they start at the center and then they, they have their own path and they go different places. And I love, the idea, I mean, I've had someone see my shrines at the tailgate market and I mean, of course we're all local, but they'll say, Oh, a friend of mine, I have one of your shrines hanging up in my bedroom and, um, you know, a friend gave it to me. So now they know who the person is. Yeah. So then I get to, yeah, I get to meet them and uh -huh. talk about things and, and, and find out, you know, what it means to them. And I, I, I mean, I love the conversation, those kinds of conversations, but, um, it really makes me see how the little, sh this little matchbox shrine mm -hmm. has its own life and it goes out and it does its work out in the world. And, um, so I do love to sell them and share them that way. But like when that couple stopped and, and totally got that shrine and like you could tell it touched them, that's, really just as meaningful to mm -hmm. me. I, mm -hmm. I love getting to see that. And I mean, I had a guy in December at the, um, holiday tailgate market, like tear up because, you know, he read a, he read one of the messages that reminded him of someone and it, it connected him to something. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh my gosh, like for me, that's, it's amazing. <laughs> That's, that was kind of the highlight. It didn't matter how many I sold, like just to know this, that this man was like really moved by the messages and you know, what he connected them to. Mm -hmm. What a great feeling that mm -hmm. must be as the artist to mm -hmm. have these experiences. Yeah, it's, it is, it's really meaningful. So yes, I believe they already have a place and sometimes I'll make something, I'll be really, um, I'll have a lot of energy to make this particular message and then it won't sell right away <laughs> and, and I'll have it at the tailgate market or I'll have, you know, I'll have it in different places and move it around and, and I'll be really surprised. Like, gosh, the way I was drawn to, to make this, I felt like I was, it was, you know, I was kind of pushed to do this. And then someone will come along and then, you know, they'll tell me a story about what that means to them. And it could be, you know, a year after I made the shrine and have been like carrying it around with me, wondering why I made it. 
and then they'll tell me this, oh, this reminds me of, you know, my grandmother and how she used to blah, 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 whatever. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I made that for you. It took me a while to find you, but <laughs> it makes sense now. Yes, I totally get it. it was, it's yours. Yeah. It's really special. And the other thing that's, it comes in those conversations sometimes, not always, but is about other people making shrines because that's, I mean, I, I love to have, you know, this honor of sharing what I've made, but shrine making is personal and it's such a, just the way writing a poem to me is, is therapy. I feel like building a shrine is too. And if I can have a conversation with someone about, you know, something that's going on in their life, there was a woman who stopped and talked to me at the market and really, really got a lot of the symbolism in some of the shrines. I really was feeling connected to her. And then she said, you know, I'm selling my house here in Asheville. I've been here for 30 years, but I'm, my daughter just had a baby and, you know, another part of the state and I'm going to be there. And to have a conversation with her, she's talking about having to pack things up, sell them or, you know, Mm -hmm. move them Mm -hmm. and to be able to say, well, you know, some of those things that you think you're going to recycle and you're kind of sad to, you know, give away or whatever. Those are the things that belong in a shrine and you can easily, you know, build a shrine to your time here and your time in this home. And, um, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of one thing and you're thinking you're going to have to throw them all away, like save one of them and, you know, cut out a little piece of it or, you know, break it in half or, you know, whatever seems appropriate and put it in a, put it in a little box or a crate or a drawer that can be hung up wherever you end up next. Mm -hmm. And she totally got it. You know, she was excited and had not thought of that, um, doing anything like that before. And it made her, even though she was happy to be moving to be with her grandbaby, she was sad about leaving. And I, like she changed, I could feel the change in her level of okay, I can do this and there's something that I can celebrate. Mm -hmm. This is a way I can celebrate this. It's like almost sounds like you lit her up in a way. It was great. Yeah. I mean, we definitely connected on it and it's been hard for me to like not know, did she build a shrine? I'd love to know what it looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I like to plant the seed definitely of other people building their own shrines that mean something to them. And I had another young woman come by and, wanted to know how I made the matchbox shrines and cause she really liked them. And, you know, I, I was like, this is what you need to glue together and this is what you cut out and this is how I do it, but you could do it this way. And I saw her, it was the very next week she came to the market. I had never seen her before that and I haven't seen her since. Um, which is at the market. I see a lot of regular. So that kind of stood out to me, but she came back to my booth uh, the next week and was, so inspired, she said, that she had gone home um, after talking to me and made three shrines. She had made a shrine for her sister who lives far away to send to her um, that kind of celebrated their uh, relationship. And then she made one for a friend that that's not here. And then she made one for herself. And she and I like was happy for her to just she ex- described everything that was in them and you know, like what, 
what it meant to her. And, and I reminded her, you know, those that she sends to her sister and her friend, they, whenever they're feeling low or alone, like they can just pull out this, she built them in, um, like Altoids tins. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they can carry those in their bags, you know, and they are going to remember you and how much you care about them when they pull it out and open it up. Like that's such a huge gift that she gave them and, and that she shared it with me that she had done that. Like that was, that's shrine making for me. Like that is all of those connections and, and how meaning is brought to this little box and shared. That's, that's everything. That's beautiful. (laughs) I loved hearing that. I don't, there isn't anything I can say on top of that. That is just beautiful. Yep. I feel really lucky to have kind of found a way to make things and create things that goes to another level that is really meaningful and really reminds us of how we're connected to each other. So those, the ones we've been talking about are your little ones Mm -hmm. and you have other things that you do. Do you want to say anything about those or do you feel complete in this discussion at this time or anything else you want to share? You know, a lot of the bigger ones I make are really more for, um, expressing my unique connections to, you know, family or, um, or kind of a belief or something that inspires me. So the bigger ones I make are hanging on my walls downstairs or sitting on my altar. And I feel like the smaller ones, the matchboxes are the ones that I get to share. Mm Mm-hmm. And that people can find their, you know, p- other people can find something in them mm-hmm. too. So the big ones are more personal. Personal. Mm-hmm. They're more personal. And um, I mean, I still like sharing them and showing them to people, but, you know, I, I definitely don't think if you don't know me, then it might not mean that much to, to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they are, you know, also just as important to me. It sounds like the little ones are your work in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Along with other things you do, like parenting, but... Right, yeah. No, I think they're, they're definitely... I mean, I have... I kind of walk that edge of being inspired by connections I make, but also being inspired by being an individual and being sometimes isolated from other people and other, you know, their, the other world (laughs) of everyday life. And, um, and I think that is kind of reflected in, in the work of having the matchbox shrines that go out in the world and come back and, you know, connect me in that way. But then I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm a loner. I don't always want to be connected. 
<laughs> sure. <laughs> so I I think that is definitely something you can see in in those in the then the work. How so? Well, because of because of the shrines that I have hanging in my house are so personal and they are so mm-hmm. they revolve around me <laughs> and and you know my beloveds and my um recurring themes and then the other and so that's so that's where it's it's just more me and then the other ones are more about other people and how i might connect to them i see so the little ones are the parts of you that you're willing to share yeah maybe so yeah okay do you want to say anything about the eggs well, along with making shrines in every little possible place, I, um, which I believe in making them, you know, when you're walking in the woods and you see a, a trunk of a tree that's kind of hollowed out and you like want to put twigs and leaves and maybe some flowers in it, like that's, that's a shrine that mm. I believe in making. So, um, so I make them in all sorts of things and eggs are one of them, chicken eggs. And this is something that my grandmother used, she certainly didn't call them shrines, but she would, we, you know, we like cut part of the egg open and of course empty it out and scramble up some eggs for the dogs. And (laughs) 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 this is what I do when I have a lot of them. Um, and then after the egg has dried out, I think my grandmother did this too. We paint the, um, the inside and maybe paint the outside. But then, um, she would put pictures of the grandkids, like kind of on some, like a fluffed up cotton ball, or if she had a little plastic figurine of an angel or something. Um, I mean, this was at a time where you couldn't just go to a craft store and whip up some cool thing to put inside there so she used whatever she had and they were little decorations or kind of commemorative things for her and so I'm in a way in a unique way um, carrying on a tradition of course kind of making it my own too but building little shrines in eggs and mine have an assortment of things in them things that I, I like to think it's either um, kind of spring related things because that new life kind of idea um, but sometimes it's just the things that we want to give life to um, or we want to grow or hatch mm-hmm. and um, so I think the egg and all its great symbolism is the perfect place to build a shrine to mm-hmm. something that a new a new beginning of some sort so that's to me, that is a way of connecting to my grandmother and carrying on a tradition and making something new. And you mentioned to me in our pre-show discussion that the daughter you are raising is a great artist. Mm-hmm. Are you able to say anything about that? Are you willing? Um, she is a great artist, and she is... A creative thinker so she is an artist whether she's you know making artwork or not which um, 
which is kind of the way we do things. Our, I think the way we are always kind of making something new or changing something into a way that other people aren't using it is it's in our family. It's just in our genes, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, she makes things and she, if I ask any advice about shrines, like if I'm making something and I'll say, do you like it with this or without that or whatever she'll, um, she'll say shrines are your thing. Shrines aren't my thing. <laughs> we don't know if she'll carry on this egg tradition. Yes, I, I don't see her. I don't see her doing that now, but she's just 13. Who knows what's ahead of her? But it's great to, it's definitely great to have um, someone like her in your family, always keeping you on your toes and thinking of new ways to do things. Mm -hmm. The creative thread flows through the creative here. and I mean and she's a poet and um yeah so she she turns everything in a way that you hadn't imagined it mm -hmm. yeah I know um when she was really little I was talking about seeds and the symbolism of the seed and she actually made a little book I mean and she was I don't know, first grade, maybe kindergarten. And I, my sim, what I was referencing when I was talking about the symbolism in seeds was how things can, things grow from the seeds. And, and it was her perspective that kind of refreshed things for me. And she, she was like talking about where the seeds come from. Ah. So she followed it back mm -hmm. where I was following it forward. And it was magical. She wrote this little book about it. And um, I, I mean, yeah, I get that. And I'm sure that was in my idea somewhere. But that's not what I was communicating to her. And she really got both sides of it. Uh -huh. So, yeah, she is. She gets symbolism for sure. Uh-huh. And the symbolism of that being a mother-daughter exchange, the going I, forward. I know. The going. having the conversation between her and me just in and of itself was something. Yeah. But, the, yeah, the fact that she was getting that if she, if she had come from the seed, she knew where she came from. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amanda, I have to say, I could talk to you probably for <laughs> hours more about your art and I hope we will have more conversations. But as you know, I have to go to the dentist, which <laughs> just right. feels like going from this sacred place to the dentist. What a day I have scheduled for myself. But right. Well, that and that's how it is for me. You know, like I got to I get <laughs> caught up in some work and then I got to jump out of it and, you know, go pick my daughter up from school. And I'm like, oh, where am I? Different worlds. It's different worlds. But it's good, I think, to. Um, have the opportunity to take that reflective, creative, inspiring world out into mm -hmm. that everyday, everyday world. Yeah. So. And there's two more things I want to ask you before oh. we are complete. I okay. wanted to ask you if you would share where people can see your work. You've talked about the markets, oh. um, just so people can find it. Yeah. I have, um, the, right now, the West Asheville tailgate market is not going on, but it goes from April to November mm -hmm. on Haywood Road. 
and I am there at least once a month. It's every Tuesday, and sometimes I'm there more. And then in December, for, they do a holiday market that's indoors. That's an outdoor. It's a tailgate market, so there's you know produce and good things to eat and fresh eggs and nice. all of that. So I have a booth there, mm-hmm. and I have a website that also says you know what the schedule is of being there um and my, can you share your yeah my website is firestartershrines.com firestarter shrines is the name of my business and based on making the matchbox shrines hmm. i it's kind of where that came from and starting fires because that's what this is all about and then i also have all the time at the Asheville Museum on Wall Street downtown. Mm-hmm. I've got matchbox shrines there and various other like egg shrines and things like that. Okay. Yeah. And that's a great, also another great little place to gift shop and fun stuff. All local women artists um, or women that are, it's fair trade things that they've made okay great great so several venues yes great yep well i want to give you a huge thank you for i have learned so much sitting here with you and i am very aware it's an honor for me to be here i appreciate that so much well i feel really lucky to have you here and um i mean it's a delight to get to share this space with someone who appreciates it. And, um, and then of course I love talking about shrines. So giving me the opportunity to do that is great too. <laughs> so thank you very much for inviting me to do this. You're welcome. And I just want to add that all of the, um, places, all of the links that Amanda mentioned will be on the blog. Um, so you can go to the blog and see everything that she was talking about. Oh, that's and, great. Um, Thank I hope you. that you'll let me put some photos of some of your work on there. Oh, yeah. I would love that. Okay. I would be delighted. Great. Sure. So now that you've had the opportunity to listen to Amanda, I am sure that you understand what I was talking about in my intro. What a fantastic job she did. And really, I, I just want to thank her for the gift that she gave also in allowing me to share that she was reluctant to be interviewed. She told me in our conversation she thought it would be a good idea for other people to hear about somebody overcoming a barrier, that maybe it would encourage other people to do the same thing in their lives. So that's just another example of how she chooses to give in her life to other people. Check out the show notes for this episode at localhearted.com slash firestartershrines. There you will find examples of Amanda's work a link to her website, and to all the venues mentioned during this episode. Amanda's work is available in person at the Asheville Museum on Wall Street in downtown Asheville, at the Wander Trees Shop in West Asheville, and at the West Side Artist Co-op, also in West Asheville. For the holidays, she will be at the Francine Delaney Craft Fair December 10th on Brevard Road. And she is planning to attend the West Asheville Tailgate Market's Indoor Holiday Market 
held on the first three Tuesdays of December. It will be held inside the Moth Light on Haywood Road in West Asheville. And again, all these events are in the year 2016. Thank you again for listening. This is Meredith Adler for the Local Hearted Podcast. And the podcast theme music is courtesy of and copyrighted by Jamie Noter Thomas. <laughs>